Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hello, it's April 1st. Welcome to the Facebook Live show we do for Marriage Helper. April 1st, of course, is often known as April Fool's Day, and a lot of people, a lot of people talk about it just that way. Well, we don't. We believe that it's a good day. It's a good day to talk about relationships and how to make relationships better. As I said, I'm Dr. Joe Beam, and if I can help you today by answering your questions, whatever they might be, I'd be happy to talk to you. You can dial in at 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. Now, if you want to talk to me, when you hear that answer, please press the number one. That puts you into the queue, and from there, you'll actually get to talk to one of our uh, screeners. (laughs) <laughs> and and they'll direct you to the little screen in front of me right here, and that way I'll know you're there and I can talk to you. And that's what this program is about, and that's exactly what we want to do. It's to talk to you about relationships, any kind of relationships. I mean, serious, any kind of relationships, because relationships typically work off the same principles. Now, often, and most often, as a matter of fact, the calls that we get are from people who are asking about marriages that are in trouble, and we're happy to help with that. We are known for being really, really good at helping people with marriages in trouble. We don't have a 100% success rate, and if I were to say we did, I would lie to you. I can tell you this, though. We have an amazingly high success rate, but we don't do the work you do. Now, if you're watching right now, I need to tell you about a special offer just before I take the first call from Illinois here. And that offer is this. If you really are in some kind of a marriage problem and you're wanting to save the marriage, but it appears that your spouse is not interested in saving the marriage, we have an online course called Save My Marriage, or we call it around here for short, SMM. It's an online course that is 10 weeks long. It's full of videos. It has workbooks that you work through, questions that you think about, things that you write down, and it comes with a special Facebook group that you get into by invitation only, and the only way you get into that group is to be in the online course. You say, well, why would I want to be in that group? It's a great support system. People facing the same kinds of things that you are and therefore understanding and definitely to be your moral support, your emotional support, even to some degree, your religious or spiritual support, although it's not a religious site. It's not it's not a Bible thumping kind of thing. Let me say it that way. But there are many religious people in it who are spiritual people that if you are religious or spiritual, then they'll help you with that as well. In addition, we have several of our own admins that are in there and, and they'll help out any way they possibly can. And one other thing, well, actually two others. One is for 10 weeks, I go on, usually it's me, almost always it's me. I go on one night per week for about an hour into a webinar and people type in all kinds of questions they're having while they're going through the course about this with my spouse and that with my spouse. And when that happens, I answer as many of those questions as I can within the hour. By the way, once you get into the course, it's lifetime access. And every one of those support calls we call them the helping calls. We do one night a week for 10 weeks at a time. Then we skip a couple of weeks and 10 more, skip a couple of weeks, 10 more. All of those from the very beginning of the time we started doing those calls are available to you. 
where you can go back and listen to the ones beforehand to see if I'm talking about a situation that's similar to yours that somebody wrote in a question about. And finally, we have an added bonus video section. And we put uh, typically about one a week, we'll put a bonus video into that about something that people have been asking a lot about. And if we get a lot of questions about one particular thing, then I'll make a new video and we put it in there to discuss that. All of that for one special price. You say, how much is it, Dr. Beam? <laughs> Quite honestly, I don't know. Seriously, I don't. Because of the fact that we are, I just found out just seconds before we came on the air here that we are running some kind of a special through midnight tonight. And if you have a link, uh, we'll be showing it on the screen here. And if you are on the Facebook page, watching it there, and this is a general Facebook page, then you can actually go on to that link tonight. Is there a link on there? I don't see that link. There's not a link on the screen. There's a link on the Facebook page, but not on the screen. For those that are listening by Blog Talk Radio and therefore can't see a screen, you can type it in this way. B, as in boy, I-T, Dr. Word bit, B-I-T dot L-Y slash S-M-M, all capital letters, capital S, capital M, capital M, and then in all small letters, open. So that's bit.ly, B dot, B-I-T dot L-Y slash S-M-M, all capital letters, and then in small letters, all, uh, to finish out the word, the word open, S-M-M, open, and you can actually find how you can get into the course. Now, through midnight tonight, this is April the 1st, 2019, through Tonight, there's some kind of a special being made on it. I just don't know what it is. I'm quite honest. They told me second before I went on the air, so I don't know what it is. The course itself will close on April the 9th. What that means is if you haven't gotten onto it by then, you'll have to wait 10 weeks until it's open again. And so if you're interested in that, we think it's a great idea. Please go and look into that immediately and, and get that special deal by enrolling before midnight tonight, April 1st, if you can. Or you can enroll tomorrow if you wish. I'm assuming there's some kind of special benefits if you, if you enroll tonight. I'm assuming. Again, they didn't tell me. I don't know. Okay, let's go to the first caller here. We have Eva from Illinois. Whoops, let's see. I pressed the wrong button. Eva, let me press one more here. We have Eva from Illinois. Eva, can you hear me? Uh, yes. Hi, Hi Dr. Joe. Hi. How may I help you? Um, yeah, my question, uh, my husband had an affair, and then mm -hmm. he moved back last year in March, and uh, he says that he's in love with that woman. And mm -hmm. I've, I have been watching your videos for a while now, and I feel mm -hmm. like he has a limerence. But he says that, no, I don't have a limerence. I have, mm -hmm. I'm in love with that woman. I am 45, mm -hmm. my husband is 52, and that woman mm -hmm. is 64 years old. And, mm. and then my husband says, I'm not compatible with, with him. So mm. I don't understand if it is a love addiction, he is really in a love with her, it's a limerence, it's some kind of spiritual, like a satanic attack, because I'm a Christian, so mm -hmm. I do believe in that one too. Mm -hmm. So I'm very confused. My husband is also confused because sometimes hmm. he says this looks like an addiction because he doesn't want to go there. But then he and so he's struggling on a daily basis to stay okay. away from that woman. Okay. Eva, if I may ask, how long have you been married? We have been married for 16 years. 16 years. Okay. And yes. in the 16 years, have things been generally good? No, we, we had a... The main stress that we had from job uh, for the first 13, 14 years, uh, 
he we were just moving around and he was always looking for a job so when we settled down in 2016 july he started getting mm-hmm. remote jobs and finally we were in a good financial situation for the first time and after mm-hmm. that i found out this but uh, yeah it, okay. it was a stressful but from my okay. side i i was able to identify the circumstances and the person okay and so you still uh, love this man uh, yeah okay Absolutely. and how long is he how long has he been involved mm-hmm. how, how long has he been involved with this other woman um i think from june uh, 2017 till now oh, so. i mean he yeah so almost, i don't know two he, years he, right almost two years okay and yeah. and you say did i hear you correctly earlier eva when you said that he has tried not to contact the woman did i hear you say that very much he's trying because he he also he he's a christian man and he wants uh-huh. to obey the bible and so he okay. he is really trying to make this marriage work but the feelings doesn't go away he's very frustrated that the bond and yeah. connection is so powerful that right. it, it's not going away so he does he doesn't understand what is this yeah it's it's a pretty powerful thing anybody who's been through it understands the great power of it back many years ago I went through it myself and back in those days when I went through it I left my wife for another woman and that's why I tend to know a lot about this not just from my own experience but in earning my phd my doctorate degree I've studied considerably about this but what I'm saying is I know how he feels it is confusing It is in contradiction to your religious beliefs. Now, you said you've tried to convince him that it's limerence. May I suggest that it might not be a good idea to try to do that anymore? Because you see, right. when when the person is feeling this, they feel that they're just deeply madly in love. And if you put some right. other word to that, they tend to reject right. that immediately like, "No, no, you don't understand. I have this deep amazing love for this other person and so trying to convince them that they're in limerence typically doesn't work well i've seen it where it has worked a time or two but that's pretty unusual okay so i suggest right. maybe right. you stop talking about that what he's feeling right. he feels as intense love now you asked the question you said well is it limerence is it love addiction is it is it another kind of love in the social sciences eva there are so many different yeah. kinds of love that we can actually measure The only one we don't try right. to measure is the one called true love because whatever a person feels at the moment they consider that to be true love. And that's why we only try to measure right. that because it's it's so unique, so individual. But based on what you're describing, and of course I don't know your husband, I'm just going off your description, but based on what right. you're describing, it does sound as if it's limerence. Now, uh, how how often do you know how often he's in contact with her now? he he's trying very hard not to be mm-hmm. in contact with her mm-hmm. so to my knowledge the last time he saw her was on february 12th and he told her that as long as i'm married i'm not coming back mm-hmm. has he done anything about ending the marriage has he tried to divorce you no he hasn't tried but Good. he has told me indirectly that uh, you know if you i i will provide financially don't worry about that so he he kind of doesn't want to make a move but but i think that if and also he's not getting counseling or any kind of help so mm-hmm. so he's not getting any good information 
from any I'm other sure, I'm, I'm sure that's right. But just giving information to a person in, in limerence, if indeed he's in limerence, just giving information to a person in limerence doesn't tend to help very much. Now, <clears throat> how open-minded is your husband about learning new things? Maybe a little bit. But not, not a lot. lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And and this woman, uh, if I heard you correctly, she's nine years older than he is. Is that correct? Yeah, she's 64. Yeah. Okay. And he's, All right. he's 52. Oh, he's 52. Okay, so she's 12 yeah, years and older I than think, he is. Yeah. It looks like that's the only reason he's not leaving us, because he's thinking about the future, because he did say last year, that after 10 years, you will be 55 and she will be over 70. So I mm-hmm. think probably that's the only reason he's still here. Well, good. That means that it's not completely overcome by uh, emotion at this point. There's still some logic going on, and that's a good sign. Yeah. Actually, yeah. now that you're coming up closer to two years, it would not be, I cannot predict this because I do not know your husband, but it would not be unusual for the limerence to actually start fading. And the reason for that is that uh, about half of them, uh, people who are in limerence, end by the end of the second year. Now, I can't guarantee Mm -hmm. you that your husband is in that half, okay? Some end Mm -hmm. as quickly as three months. Obviously, he's gone past that. But but, uh, many of them will end by the end of the second year. And, And so the fact that he's thinking, okay, I do have those emotions to for her, but I'm thinking when I'm 65, she's going to be 77, and that's a pretty big difference. When I'm 70, she's going to be 82. That's even a bigger difference. Then it sounds like right. you've got some hope here. Now, right. so he's not seeing counseling. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. He, he says that with his mind, he stays here with us, but his heart says to go over there. Gotcha. I understand that. And what are you doing to, to try to help make the situation better, my friend? I, I have done so much. I have got, I have, you know, last year we got a little bit counseling from psychologists. We got counseling mm-hmm. uh, a few mm-hmm. months ago for a while from pastor of mm-hmm. our church. And uh, I gave him a lot. Of, uh, no, I found out that actually when he was got, getting that counseling from pastor and their psychologist for a while, he was actually was seeing her. That's not good. Are you by any so chance a member of our? Uh, are you by any chance even a member of our online course? Our Save My Marriage oh, course. I'm, yeah, I'm not, but I contacted your office this morning, and they sent me some emails with information. Good. All right. So, I want to do something for you. This I want, I want to do something for you. It's April first, and they call it April Fool's Day. I'm not a fool, but I want to do something for you. Yeah. Will you allow? Will you allow me to give you that course? As my gift. Sure. But oh. you've got to give me your oh, word. thank Here's you so your much. Okay, but here you've got to give me your word. Oh. You've got to give me your word okay. that you will work through all 10 weeks of it if I give it to you. Will you promise to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I'm going to put you back on hold, and, and hopefully Cassie, one of our screeners here, will uh, has heard some of this, but she's so busy she may not have. Go back on hold for a little while. You can still listen to the program, but I'm going to make sure that we okay. get your information before the program is over. Somebody else will, not on, on the air, but somebody else will get that info from you. Okay, thank you so much. I really you're appreciate it. You, you're very welcome. By the way, tell me where that accent is from. Uh, I'm actually from India. My husband is American from okay. Illinois here. 
And so that's an Indian accent. It's a, yeah. it's a beautiful yeah. accent. It's, it's a beautiful accent. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you go, I was hoping right, you, you would understand me. Yes, I do understand I would, you. Yeah. As a matter of fact, two yeah. of my grandchildren are native Indians. And, uh, Oh. And so I think it's a, a beautiful country and you're a, a beautiful people. So thank you. Yeah. And, and uh, thank, thank you for you. letting me give this gift to you. So stay on the line. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. That was Eva. And as I was saying, two of my grandchildren are native Indians. Our uh, Kimberly Holmes, our CEO here happens to be my daughter. Most people know that. And uh, one of my daughters and she and her husband, Rob adopted two beautiful children from India recently. So let's go to Bridget from Ohio. Hi, Bridget. How may I help you today? Hi, uh, Dr. Joe. Whoa. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, you're very oh, welcome. I, I got to turn. It's okay. I gotta, let me turn my headphones down just a little bit. Okay. How may I I'm, help you, Bridget? So I'm in week five of the online course, and I've learned that uh-huh. we have several external factors in addition to internal factors. And I have concerns that the odds are so overwhelmingly against us. Um, he has moved mm-hmm. out, and he's living with his married limerent other at least part time. We were radio silenced for about two months because of his bullying, but I had to reach out for a business item, and he mm-hmm. acknowledged that I was kind, which is a huge change from the way he was vilifying me. But he's back oh, to Stonewall. I congratulated him um, for a mm-hmm. professional. So I'm anxiously attached, and he's avoidant. I think for simplicity, I'll call it a midlife crisis. He's been in for between four and ten years and limerence for at least a year, potentially one and a half years or more. He has unmanaged depression, and his depressive episodes have been getting closer together and more intense for the past 10 years. And he's abused alcohol for much of our 18-year marriage, and certainly by your scale, he would be an alcoholic. Internally, he has admitted that he lies about his wants, needs, and feelings for basically our whole marriage, preferring to keep the peace as is modeled by his very passive-aggressive mother, who he's exactly like. He gets upset or offended by things I do, and instead of addressing them directly, he takes revenge on me covertly through emotional and now physical affairs, stonewalling, withholding, ignoring my bids for connection, abusive behavior, secret drinking, secret spending, covert put-downs, and even acts of sabotage. So he's unwilling to take any responsibility for the problems in the relationship, and he has deferred all that responsibility to me for our entire marriage as far as I can tell. So I've also been emotionally, psychologically, and verbally abused intermittently by him for over 10 years with increasing frequency and intensity, especially since limerence started. Um, But much of it did take place intermittently before that, and he wasn't like this when we married and we were friends for seven years before that. So I want to save the marriage, but he uh-huh. takes all on me and takes so far no ownership for his covert aggression, abuse, cheating, lying, secret spending, any of it. Um, I see. Bridget, let me ask you a question. You, uh, are you a counselor or a therapist? I'm not. I've been doing a whole lot of work and learning. Um, I'm seeing a therapist I did consult an abuse hotline because I thought maybe what happened to me wasn't abuse, and they confirmed that it is. Mm -hmm. So I've been learning. So how did you learn about attachment styles? So actually, um, Brianna McWilliam on YouTube has some really interesting materials about attachment styles. So I started my research there, and I just started learning about it. I know I'm anxiously attached. Okay. And he's a 
Right. Um, just uh, just a little word of warning. You sound like an extremely intelligent person, and you have been reading and learning a whole lot of things, right? A whole lot yes. of things. Your vocabulary is above average. Uh, curiously, were you reading? Did you Had you written that down, and were you reading it to me? I did, and the reason I did is because I wanted to fit it all in as efficiently as possible. <laughs> and you did. You did, and you read it very well. I think uh, most people would not be able to tell that you were reading. But your vocabulary is, is very good. You read extremely well. I'm, you come across to me as an extremely intelligent human being. So let me give you just a little bit of, of a warning there about that because you are so bright. You know, sometimes you've heard the old phrase, I know you have, that a little knowledge can be a dangerous thing. Yes, right? and that's partly okay. something I'm afraid of. I'm sorry, I you broke up there. I didn't hear that. That's something that I'm afraid of. I don't want to misread something where there isn't something. Right, and it can be easy to do that, particularly with all the information that's available out there. You know, my friends, all of my friends who are physicians told me that when they first started med school and started reading the medical books, they all thought they had all the diseases. Like, oh, my goodness, I have these symptoms, I have these. And so it's, it's easy to get enough information to make the wrong diagnosis, if you will. Now, I'm not saying you are making the wrong diagnosis. Please don't misunderstand. I'm impressed with your intelligence. I really, really am. Just be careful that you don't think you know more than you do. And I don't mean that as a put down, not at all. I think you're smart enough I can tell you that and you know what I mean. Am I right? Indeed. And that's something that I'm very conscious of, is that I don't want to misunderstand. So I'm trying to be very um, conscientious about what I think mm -hmm. that I'm and analyze it. Okay, very good. Now, you told me that he's living part-time with a married woman. Is that what I heard earlier? He has his own apartment, but he has not been living here at home since October. And I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. that she lives there with him at least part-time. But he's still lying and saying there is no affair, but I have proof that there is. He just doesn't know I have proof. Okay. So why do you want this guy back? That's an excellent question, and I've been thinking about that. Um, I actually really love the person that I married, and mm -hmm. part of me believes that he's still in there somewhere. Good. You know, but part of me is afraid that with the stuff that I'm reading about the things that he does intentionally to actually sabotage me and the things that he's done that are so covertly abusive, I'm afraid. Have you worked? with couples who dealt with this and, mm -hmm. and how do they, I mean, if he won't even be accountable for what is outright abusive behavior and he won't change, like he said, you should be glad I'm divorcing you so you won't be abused anymore. And I said, well, there's another option. You can treat me like a mm -hmm. healthy human being. And he just isn't accountable. And I, I, I don't, I don't know. Right. But right now, he doesn't want to come home. Right now, he wants to go off and do whatever it is that he's doing, correct? Yes. And part of it's lifestyle, and part of it's this other woman, and part of it's all the other stuff I mentioned. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, it sounds like there's a whole lot going on there. Now, to answer your questions, I heard one up at the beginning, and I heard one just a minute ago, uh, or a, sec a few seconds ago, actually. Um, 
there is a possibility. Well, first of all, yes, I have worked and we in our organization have worked with couples in situations very similar to this. We've basically seen about anything you can imagine. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that somebody could shot me with something new, but I can't imagine what it would be. So, yes, we have seen these kind of situations. Have we seen these situations work out where they could put the marriage back together and be happy again? Yes, we have seen that, too. Now, you realize with all this going on that now we're back to the first question you asked. You said, what are the odds? And I think maybe you even implied that the odds are against you. It's a little tougher because you've got so many things going on. The, the abusive things he did, did that start before the limerence, with the limerence, or after the limerence? It started before the limerence, and it's just gotten worse as his drinking has increased and his midlife crisis and his unmanaged depression have deepened. And when the limerence okay. started, it just went off the scales and turned into outright right. acts of sabotage and blatant abuse. So what happened? What happened just before that, just before the limerence thing? When he first started being abusive and first started drinking, what happened in his life that was different? Um, he had career grief over not being the successful person that he wanted to be. Okay. So that's the problem. Okay, and that's about the time that all this stuff started. Is that correct? I would say that his drinking increased and his depression increased, and he has mentioned some things about the grief of that and aspects of that. Mm -hmm. That's really kind of, I think, the foundation of this quote-unquote midlife crisis is that grief. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I don't even subscribe to the to the term or phrase midlife crisis. I actually call it grief. It's it's when people are going through a grief process, either something they had that they lost or something they expected to have that they've now lost and that they've come to realize I'm never going to have that. And so what most people call a midlife crisis, I actually refer to as a grief process. And that's what it sounds to me like. Obviously, I don't know your husband. I'm going off only what you said, but I mean, you're actually a pretty astute here. And, and going off what you say, it surely sounds like the man's been in grief. And grief can get people, lead people to do some really stupid things and some really hurtful things to other people. It's like the way that I somehow alleviate my hurt is by hurting somebody else. Now, I don't think they actually process it that way, but that's kind of what right. happens. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I'm going to be mean to other people, etc. Again, not processing it, just part of what happens. And somehow... Somehow, in some weird sort of way, it helps them a little bit, not completely by any means, a little bit deal with their own grief by imposing grief on other people. And then in that state, if a person comes along who appears to be, for lack of a better phrase, a savior, the person's not. But the person comes along appearing to be the ideal. Oh, well, this woman has walked in my world. She, can, she, she evokes emotions within me that I haven't felt for a long time, maybe think I've never felt them at all then latching onto that person is pretty typical. And so the, what you're describing, we've seen a lot. Have we seen people get through it? Yes, we have. Now, my understanding is that you are in our online course, and you said that earlier in week five. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's. I just um, started week five. Week four was really difficult, and I'm still kind of working on it. I'm sorry that it's not a happy course, but it's, it's okay. <laughs> It's very enlightening. It's very and that's enlightening. That's what we hope it is. It was what we hope it to be. I wish it were just a happy course, but it's dealing with real life. And real life sometimes can be really tough. So in answer to your question, yes, I think there is hope for you. Obviously, I cannot tell you for sure that there is. At some point in some way, 
something needs to happen within him to where he starts realizing I need to do something differently now. And if you can keep doing the things we talk about on the course, that is a possible path to make that happen. I wish I could guarantee it, but I can't. But that's the possible path to make that happen. And so if you're asking to say, is there any hope? My answer is in my professional opinion, there is. It's not overwhelming hope, but it's there. It's not gone. It's not dead. That's good. I was afraid with the abusive component that maybe there wasn't any. Well, if the abuse had been a lifelong thing, I'd be looking at it differently. But what you told me just a few minutes ago was it started with something that occurred in his life. And when that happens, when that happens, typically uh, it means it is circumstantial, okay, which means that at some point it can be overdone past it. There's a possibility, okay? That's a great relief to hear. Okay. I hope it works out for you. I really do. And you are just super smart, young lady. I'm very impressed with you. Okay. Thank you. Bridget, I, I'm I, sorry. I need to go on. You're, you're very welcome, Bridget. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, extremely intelligent sounding person there. I'm, I'm impressed with that. Let's see. Let me, I'm, uh, pardon me if I keep looking away. I'm looking at my screen over here to see where the next caller is. And, uh, Okay, now we're going to talk to Amanda in California. Hi, Amanda. How may I help you today? Hi, Dr. Joe Beam. Hello. I'm well and blessed. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you well. How are things in California? Is it sunny and warm? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so thankful and blessed to be getting help from you and your team over the last 20 months. I couldn't imagine any other way. <laughs> How may I help you, Amanda? So, um, is after 21 months, no malice. My husband said he didn't appreciate open threat when I said I was willing to sign divorce papers and not ask for spousal support if he attended the workshop. He said if I called or emailed, he would file restraining orders since he felt blackmailed, and I've been sweeter than Jesus and am now honoring that request. God's grace is all over the situation. It's overwhelming, and my awesome Christian attorney and his paralegal are helping me drag this out by responding with something I didn't know was even an option, asking for a legal separation with spousal support instead of a divorce and putting our separation date as a date of response instead of 21 months. So the question, um, I just have two questions, if there's time, but the main question is his mother contacted me via text, um, then voicemail over a week ago, which was on the 30-day deadline to respond to being served, and two days after my last call with my husband and said that he asked her to communicate with me. I haven't spoken to her in 17 months except one birthday text a year ago. My question is, is this an opportunity to minister to her by sharing my faith, see if she can give, get him to the workshop, or just listen and keep that boundary up? When you say boundary, what boundary are you talking about? I have purposely not um, spoken to his family. I've just kept communication mm -hmm. between him and I over the last 21 months. Mm-hmm. And and so you didn't actually talk to her, but you did hear her voice and you saw her text. What what kind of a tone of voice did you hear? Um, it was just, hi, I spoke to him and he asked me to communicate with you. And she put um, like an emoji prayer sign. Um, so. So do you have any idea what she wants to talk to you about? Any clue? I I don't know. I I really don't know. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if this is a good thing or, you know, um, my first thought was um, that maybe 
you know, of course we can assume all day and analyze all day. And I just, I don't, yeah. I don't try to go down the road, but um, I was first thinking, well, maybe he was thinking maybe if she talked to me that things would change, but um, yeah, I don't Things know. would change in, in what way do you think he would think that things would change? I know we're guessing, like, but what would you guess? I know, like maybe that I would just agree and sign the papers. I don't know. Okay. So yeah. what do you have to lose? If you if you talk to her, I realize you, you've you made those boundaries, but if you decided to respond and just say, okay, I'm willing to listen, what risk would that be to you? Um. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that it would be, um, I guess the risk for me, I guess I'm thinking is that I know that it's healthier to communicate directly with my husband and not third party. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, at, the same, at the same time though, if, okay. Now, you know, if, if that's, if that's what's most comfortable for you and you're absolutely right, the, the best communication is face to face with the person. And so if, if mama is being an interceder of some kind, I can understand. And if you were to say, no, nope, not going to do it, I can endorse that and say, you know, it makes sense to me. I can see Amanda, why you would do that. On the other hand, maybe you're different than I am here, but uh, I'd be curious. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll, I'll give you one visit I, I, just so I can find out what it is, because it may give you some insight into what he's thinking. Now, it may not. And even if you get the insight, it may not tell you anything you don't already know. You might like, okay, I get the insight, but I knew that already. If you don't want to do that, Amanda, I think that's absolutely fine. I don't think that you're doing anything wrong by avoiding that. If you do that, it sounds to me like you're a strong person. Are you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So it's not going to be like that. She's not, uh, she's not going to bully you into doing something. She's not going to weep and cry and manipulate you into doing something. I mean, I'm, I, right. I'm, I'm sure you're compassionate, but you're not going to let her manipulate you. And so it might be worthwhile just to see if nothing else, it may be kind of saying to him, I am willing to listen I mean, I'm sure you've said that many other ways, but it's kind of a demonstration of that. But one way or the other, I think whatever you do is fine. I don't know that it makes things better or worse either way you do it. I'm just saying if it were I, I'd be out of curiosity wanting to find out, you know, what's he told her to do. But but that's totally up to you. Now, you said that you have two questions. What was your other question? Um, so once he receives notification of my response, he may or may not contact me or my attorney. At this point, he represents himself. So mm-hmm. I'm sending the marriage to my attorney so that if when he speaks to my husband, he can bring it up at the appropriate time as they cannot include the workshop in the paperwork. So my attorney mm-hmm. wants me to send him appropriate workshop info, if not the entire website, so he's familiar with it being more than just counseling. And so my question mm-hmm. is, what's the helper info do you recommend sharing with my attorney so he's equipped for a potential call with my husband hmm. that's actually a good question um, have you been working with one of our client representatives by any chance yes if, if I may ask who you're working with Amber has been awesome I started uh, with Jim as a coach and I've done I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've been with the at the beginning Okay. Yeah, both those people are awesome people. As a matter of fact, I'm surrounded by awesome people here. I'm, I'm the least talented guy in this whole bunch. It's uh, amazing to get to work with these good folks. It might be worthwhile, and of course, I don't know what your attorney might charge you, 
but it might be worthwhile to have your attorney call Amber, make arrangements with Amber, where she says, okay, I'll spend 15 minutes with him. But then again, he may want to charge you for those 15 minutes. So you need to think that carefully through because, you know, attorneys can wind up charging a lot of money. If you want just a short version, it's this. It is not counseling or therapy. It's an educational approach. And in that educational approach, we uh, do not manipulate. We do not put pressure of any kind whatsoever. It is primarily, and as a matter of fact, it's all together, teaching some really good, solid information from the social sciences about relationships to help people understand how they got to where they are and if they choose to fix it, how they can. And uh, we have a pretty high success rate, about 90%, by the way, uh, uh, of the people who come in are people with one spouse that don't want, that does not want the marriage to work. So one spouse does, one spouse doesn't. And yet over the years, we've had a success rate, and which is just phenomenal to me as well. We've had a success rate over the years that three out of four couples actually wind up saving their marriage. But that's not from any pressure, manipulation, or whatever. Now, sometimes couples afterwards will work with a coach like Jim, or sometimes they'll go say their own therapist, that kind of thing. So I think the emphasis to the, to the attorney from you, which would be short, or from Amber if he wants to spend up to 15 minutes asking her questions, would be it's educational. It's not manipulation. It's not pressure. And in the educational process, we've been doing this for 20 years. This is the 20th year of that workshop. In those 20 years, we have learned about how to put all this information together, present it in such a way that is comfortable, that's even entertaining, believe it or not, that's highly educational, and that opens people's eyes to how do we get to where we are, what, what are the potential paths forward from here, and if we choose to put it together, how can we do it, including things about how to forgive, how to get past, all those kinds of things. Now, that's the very short version. And, and are, you, are you there? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just heard some kind of a ding. I don't know what that was. That might have been our computer over here. Sorry about that. I almost jumped out of my skin there. <laughs> does, does that help Amanda, or would you rather he talk to Amber for a few minutes? Yes, that sounds good. Thank you so, so very much. Okay, Amanda, I hope things go really well for you. By the way, if you talk to the mother-in-law, I'd love to hear from you. I'm really curious now, okay, if you choose okay. to do that. Fair enough? Yes. Okay, thank you. All right. Uh, she's a delightful sounding young lady. I'm really impressed with her as well. Our telephone number here is 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. And if you wish to speak to us when you hear the answer, what you need to do is go ahead and press that number one. That puts you in the queue. And then the screener will talk to you and put you in the queue. And I'll know where you are on there and try to get to you as quickly as I can. Like right now, we're going to go to, let's see, I just moved my cursor and lost it. Okay. We're going to go to Michigan. And the fellow, is it Odd or is it AJ? I can't tell. Yeah, this is AJ. Uh, AJ, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Okay. How may I help you, AJ? Uh, see, I'm in a situation uh, where my, my wife is in limerence for the last three months uh, with a co-worker. And uh, she's vilified me. Uh, she, she doesn't never tell me typical symptoms of uh, the limerence thing. And uh, she, she's, she, but again, she thinks that I don't know that she's in an affair. So, uh, so I've, I've been like working with Jared and... Uh, we've been uh, 
working on this should i confirm not confirm but again as jared also mentioned the decision is still mine like i know what what i should be doing so so i'm not sure i was thinking that i'll talk to her about the workshop and let her discover it there rather than talking about or confronting her beforehand uh is that a good strategy well if she yeah. would if she would if he would agree to the come to the workshop then it's not a good strategy for example if you say look i know we have marriage problems would you come to the workshop with me if she says yes then I certainly wouldn't do any confrontation before the workshop. Because once people agree to come to the workshop, we, we will actually send you a video. And that video would be, here are the things not to do and here are the things to do between now and the time of the workshop so you don't mess things up, if you will, so you don't upset the apple cart. And so if, if she's willing to come to the workshop, then if it were I, I would not confront her beforehand. Now, if she's not willing to come to the workshop, when you confront her, uh, how do you know she's having an affair? How did you find that out? Uh, uh, I, I saw her email. Like she left the email. I saw the email, and uh, I, 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 I saw her talking once. Uh, she was in her room. She didn't realize that I was in the other room, and she was talking to him. So I got to know, and it's a coworker because she was talking to him and saying his name. So. And and she's been like kind of an alien person in the house, a girl who was an amazing person to live with, suddenly has become rude, mean, uh, yeah. and paying attention to the child. Uh, it's just that guy is important, nothing else. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's been like hell to live with a situation where I know what's going on and I still have to act as if I don't know anything uh, about that. But then, uh, Joe, I want to mention that uh, uh, she, she told me that I because she went to a counselor without meeting me and I've seen your video uh, on that without meeting me her uh, counselor ever told her that yeah your husband is a narcissist he's he's emotionally abused you and all that and I was like that's strange and uh, and I asked her like she she told me that my counselor told me that you're a narcissist you emotionally abused me verbally abused me and I said that she didn't even meet me how can she say that I'm a narcissist and Secondly, she told me she has told me so many times you are a great father and amazing family guy. You respect your parents and everything. And I said that then is a narcissist only narcissist for one person, like just two. And she was like, I don't. So, so may I ask you a question now? You you said she's vilifying you. You say she's doing some other things like that. So what makes you think that she's telling you the truth about what the counselor has said? Uh, I, I I think like. I, I believe what she told me definitely it was something narcissistic. That because I know her for the last eighteen years. I've been married for ten. Uh, I, I, I know her so I, I know for sure that she was she was telling me most likely it was true that her uh counselor said that and she went for that counseling session for four weeks and then left that also. I don't know what the reason was. She hasn't been back to get that counseling session as well. And she told me counseling she she took that counseling only for the reason that she wanted to sort things in her head, not for the marriage purpose but to move ahead on in her life to get her self-esteem back and all those things. Yeah. Well, if indeed, if indeed the counselor actually said those things, then the counselor is an idiot. Okay. Now, uh, let me back up for sakes of uh, legal statements here. I don't know the counselor, and therefore I'm basing this totally on what I'm hearing here. <laughs> I can't speak to the counselor because I don't know who he or she is. Uh, but I'm saying any counselor that would diagnose somebody as being a narcissist without having met them is either poorly trained or totally arrogant or something because that 
just isn't right. Even frontline doctors aren't supposed to diagnose people as being narcissists because it's so easy to misdiagnose those kinds of things. And a very, very small percentage of the American population is actually actually a true narcissist. So indeed, if she did say that, or she or he, whatever the counselor was, if indeed the counselor said that, then the counselor is totally wrong. Now, you said this has been going on for about three months. Do you think she yeah. might be willing to come to the workshop with you? Do you think that's a possibility? Till the time I don't disclose that I know of the affair, I know the moment I talk about it, she's going to be, no, I'm not going anywhere now. Uh, but uh, if I tell her that, hey, we need to co-parent, we have to have a healthy relationship between us, and right now you're like, you, you, I know you hate me, and again, I respect your feelings. I'm not going to tell you what you should be. But for mm-hmm. the sake of our time, we need to we need to build a relationship where we can trust each other. We can we can work with each other. But this is the educational workshop again. It's not something that mm-hmm. we are telling you to do. Yeah, it kind of works out like this, my friend. When you look at two different options, you've got an option to do this or an option to do that. Then you look at what you think the potential outcomes would be from each option. What you just told me was, I think that if I confront her, she's going to say no. That said, I'm not going. Well, if you think that's how she's going to respond, then I would suggest you not do that option. If, on the other hand, you think she actually will come to the workshop with you, where you can then have professionals deal with this who are pro-marriage and certainly not going to make diagnoses that that are ridiculous, then if you have that possibility, then that's what I would recommend. Now, it's always your choice. You have to decide what to do. I cannot tell you. But I would, if you think confrontation is going to be that she just walls up, then I don't see the value in what you gain from the confrontation. Do you? Absolutely. Uh, 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 Dr. Joe, I agree with you that and that's what my personal feeling is. The moment I tell her that, you know, uh, about the affair and all, she's going to be very, very defensive. And she will say, now the, everything is open. I now don't want to do anything. I just want to be with him. That's how it is. And I really don't want that situation to happen where I, I lose the chance right. for her to the workshop. So, but, well, I, I hope that... So I, Unfortunately, I'm running out of time here and have a whole lot of callers left. My friend, I truly hope that you can get her to the workshop if you possibly can. Now, you've had one other question. You have to make it really fast, okay? Yeah. Uh, so she had some childhood, childhood issues with her mother, and her mother is coming to stay with us for, us for some time uh, to, to make our marriage work. But she is very furious about that also. But she doesn't know her mother is coming. How do I deal with that situation now? Because her mother is going to be staying with us for coming uh, two, three, four, five weeks. I think maybe more than that. And, and so the mother's coming, not... but your wife doesn't know she's coming? Is that what you yeah, just said? Yeah because, yeah, because her mother was planning to come in March. But she told them, don't come. I don't want to do anything right now. Please don't disturb me and all those things. And they got worried. But now if, if, if it were I, if it were I, my friend, I'd make sure that she knew that her mom was coming well before her mother got there. Because it would seem to me that if, if I didn't want my mother there and you knew she was coming and you didn't tell me she was coming, then I would feel ambushed when mother showed up. So, again, it's always your decision. You do what you think is best for you. But if you okay. if you think she's going to react negatively to mama coming, I strongly recommend that you tell her beforehand so that she doesn't feel like she's ambushed. That's my suggestion. Okay. Now, again, always you do what you think is right, okay? Okay, okay, Dr. Joe. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. I'm, I'm uh, talking too long on these calls, and Jesse, our uh, producer over there, keeps signaling me like, come on, Joe. we got a lot of people. There's 
42 people waiting out there to talk to you. I see that number on the board right now. Uh, so let me <clears throat> move a little faster if I may. Okay, we're going to move over now to the state of uh, New York, and we're going to talk to Jeff. Hi, Jeff. How may we help you today? Yeah, hello, Joe. Uh, hi. Um, my situation is uh, I was uh, I left home this past month. I left my wife and uh, teenage sons and moved with my girlfriend who's divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, she has, uh, I've been in a relationship on and off with her for about, I'd say 15, 16 months. She was a coworker. I had mm-hmm. a job transfer. We got, we got away from each other. We've broken up and then gotten back together and carried on the affair. Uh, mm-hmm. last month I just said, Hey, I can't deal with this. I got to be with her. And I packed my stuff and left. Um, I came to realize that. You know, the grass isn't always greener. She has mm-hmm. young children under, under 10 that are there part-time. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm about eight nine, years old, eight, nine years older than her. And I'm like, I don't want to do the kid thing again, you know. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to be in it, didn't want to be a stepdad. Also, the back and forth between seeing my kids and my wife, uh, trying to balance visitation here and there. Uh, just hmm. it was tearing me up. So, so this yeah. is day yeah. one. I, I went to work. I left work, packed my stuff, left her apartment, and I moved back in. Uh, you know, got my stuff back in the house. My wife has been very supportive. Um, you know, yeah. to my shock, she she hasn't kicked me to the curb. Um, so mm-hmm. I, my my main challenge now is, you know, I did this hours ago. Now I'm trying to figure out how do I not fall back into the old patterns of trying to get back in touch with a woman who I do love. You know, I've convinced myself mm-hmm. I love her dearly and mm-hmm. I've heard her now. Um, I got a text from her like, why did you do this? I love you. Let's, you know, come back to yeah. me. Um, you know, you, you can't live without me, the whole deal. So w- what are some strategies to kind of help me stay the course here? First of all, let me tell you, Jeff, I admire your strength, young man. The fact that uh, that you would make that decision and that you would act on it says a whole lot about who you are inside. Do you uh, you love your children, I assume? I do. Yeah, and, I, you know, I miss them. Um, they're, I have 16-year-old twins, and I know the clock's ticking. They're going to be out of the house for, yeah. you know, a couple of years as a blink of the yeah. eye. and. I, yeah, well, you know, I'm ashamed I, of myself. I, I know exactly how that feels, young man. I, I have been right where you are. I have done all those things. It's been a few years, but I've done all those things. And so uh, your wife, very shortly, because I've got my only give you suggestions here, but tell me why she took you back. Yeah. I, I don't know. She says she loves me. Um, I sure as heck don't deserve it. You know, I mean, I've done awful things the last 14 months. Yeah. I know if the tables were turned, I, I, I know if it was her doing it to me, I would have left a long time ago or kicked her out. But um, So she really she does, does love you, man. With me. She really yeah. does love you, right? I guess so. Right. Yeah, yeah she I does. Know, I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. See, there's only two yeah, reasons like that people would Well, I know exactly how you feel, and, and nobody's going to make you a hero except me. <laughs> I'm going to say what you did was crappy, my friend, but you've already said that and you know that, but I did the same thing. And so, you know, we're blood brothers on this. Okay. 
I did that same thing to my wife back years ago. And we both know that what we did was crappy, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. But see, here's why I'm, here's why I'm counting you a hero now. It's because you've gotten the backbone. You've got enough love for your, for your kids. You've got enough sense of, I want to do what's the right thing here. That that's what you're doing. Okay. And I admire that. That's really good. Are you going to have vacillation periods where you might think, Oh my goodness, I'm not being drawn back to her. Yes, you are. Because what you feel for her is extremely powerful. I know that I've had it. I've been there. And in at times you're going to think maybe I just need to check on her and see how she is particularly because apparently she's a little younger since her kids are younger. You're going to be thinking, well, maybe I owe her that I need to check on her or do this for her or do that for her. But let me tell you how this works. Yeah. Because of the fact, Jeff, that you do care about this woman, you do feel love for this woman. You don't want to hurt her anymore. Any future contact you have with her, whether it's responding to the text she sent today, whether it's calling to check on her next week, whether it's meeting her for coffee because she says, I just need to see you. Even if it's just asking one of her friends how she's doing, knowing that her friend then may pass the word on to her that you ask. Any of those things, any of those things, if you do them, when she responds to them, it's going to give her hope that you might come back. And because you've made up your mind that you're going to do what's right, you've got these 16-year-olds, et cetera, I'm, I'm going to be the man to do the right thing, that man, and which, by the way, I admire like I'll get out. Then any time you were to give her false hope, because that's really what it's going to be, if any time that, that you respond to her, she's going to have a little surge of emotion like, oh, my goodness, he's contacting me, he's interacting with me, he's responding to me, therefore, maybe just maybe we can put this back together. Because you love her, please don't do that to her because it's like slicing her with a little knife every time because, you know, then you'll back off again. You'll do your best you can to be the good husband and father you're supposed to be. And then if if later you wind up contacting her again, you're going to hurt her all over again. So because you do care about her, because you do feel this love for her, no matter how hard it is, you're going to need to build the strength into you to say, I care about her enough that I'm not going to put her through that torture because that's what it's going to be. Now, that means no contact with her, not Facebook, not Twitter. It means that you block her cell phone number off your phone. I know that sounds harsh. It, it's, it's all those kinds yeah. of things that you do. But, but if you're going to follow through with what you've decided, my friend, and not cause any more pain to anybody, to your kids, to your wife, to this other woman, and to you, if you're going to stop all this pain, it means you've got to make those decisions and stick with them. Do you have a good buddy or pal that uh, is pro-marriage, pro you being back with your wife, that if you got this overwhelming urge to contact, you could call your buddy and go have coffee with him instead? Is there anybody like that in your world? Yeah. Yeah, there is. I mean, I, I got some friends I could call. Um, I got a brother, you know, he could help me. Hey, my brother was the best source of help for me, my younger brother, who is wiser than I am by far. So that's my two suggestions right off the bat, my friend. Number one is make that pact in your head. I'm not going to hurt anybody anymore. That means you can't contact her in any way and make every way you can where it's impossible for her to contact you. Then number two, when you feel those urges, and you probably will, call your brother I don't know if you guys have a Waffle House up where you live, but find some kind of a place that stays open. Yeah. You sit there, you drink coffee, yeah. you talk to each other. He talks you down. 
And with time, this will get better. Okay. With time, it will get better. There are some supplements that I know that some psychiatrists use with their patients, but because of legal issues, I can't talk about them because it sounds like I'm prescribing them, but you might want to look for uh, a good vitamin supplement. It's not actually a vitamin, a good supplement that can help you with self-control. And there's some out there like that. It's just because for legal reasons, I I can't suggest any to you, but you might want to look up some of those and and see if that might help you a little bit. Okay. Hey, I admire you. Hey, Jeff, you're, you are a man, Jeff, a true man. I admire that like I'll get out, my friend. I do. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Hey, if if we can help you, you call us back. Okay. If we can help you, will you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I will. Absolutely. Okay, Jeff. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're about to say something. What were you about to say, Brian? Oh, I just, uh, you know, I would have never heard of you or anybody else if it weren't for my, for my wife kind of doing her homework and trying to figure a way to fix me. So <laughs> so I, I, gave her the time of, I gave her the time of day to listen to what she had to say and about limerence. And, uh, you know, it was like that you could have put my name right there. That was me. To wow. see, you know, I didn't want to, yeah. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to admit it. But, uh, yeah, I know it. Yeah, you know, I know, buddy. Yep. 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 I know, Jeff. Well, uh, well, good for your wife, and 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 we really yeah. do want to help. If you need us, please call us. Okay. I will. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you, my friend. Okay, and from that, we're going to go uh, back to New York again. And Jesse, I'm looking at this clock here, and it says 12:26 p.m. I know they can't be right. It's 1:26 p.m. Okay, so our clock is apparently on uh, mountain time. (laughs) Okay, let's try one more call here. We got uh, Seth in New York, back to New York again. Hi, Seth. How may I help you, my friend? Hi, Dr. Joe. Hello. I wanted to ask you today, um, my wife has been in an emotional affair for the last three months. We were, I'm in the helping field, so I'm kind of like really pressured to try to nip this in the bud so to speak. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, immersing myself in, in the videos that you have on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and so I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're going to the gym together. We're going to church together. Um, I'm trying to learn how to listen better. We've had a, a lot of really good conversations where I've been able to kind of shut up and listen and kind good. of hear and good. learn from her what got us to this point. So my question good. is um, in, 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 now we have we have four kids together, so we're able to interact in a positive way most of the time. But Good. in in the evenings is when I I tend to and I'm the more kind of um, intense personality between her and I. And mm-hmm. in the evening is when I tend to get more um, just anxious and and want to be more kind of physically and emotionally kind of on top of the situation. Yeah, and that's put a lot of pressure on her and makes mm-hmm. um, really true smart contact difficult. Um, so we, we had a conversation just earlier this morning and we've kind of, you know, we've talked about the idea she's brought up separation in the past. And I've, you know, I try to listen and, and validate her feelings. Um, but at the same Good. time, it's not something that I, I want to do. It's not a step I want to take. So my question Good. is um, if, 
if if I were to go and and sleep in another bedroom in the house to alleviate that pressure and intensity that I have to work on, um, you know, do you think that will make smart contact easier and 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 kind of um, bring about more positive communication between the two of us? Let's think that through because there's a possibility. There's a possibility that that could happen. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm glad that you're not going for the separation because we recommend, now obviously you make your own decisions, but we recommend the people not to separate because once you get in different places, you know, you're living here, she's living there, then it becomes so much more difficult to work on things. Okay. And mm-hmm. so that's typically not a very good idea. We only recommend, uh, recommend separation when somebody is in jeopardy, like physical jeopardy mm-hmm. or emotional jeopardy. It's like, you know, if you keep living here, you're in danger, but that's not your case, right? Not your case at all. No, it, I would just be in a different, I would just be sleeping in a different room of the house. And is the reason for that, because when you sleep in the same bed with her, that you're trying to uh, cuddle her or anything like that? I'm yeah. I'm, I'm physically. I'm putting pressure on her. I I kind of bring up more of those kind of emotional conversations that in smart contact you're you're, you're kind of supposed to lay off on, um, and I kind of get stuck inside of my own head. So I have I had two homework assignments to do today. One, um, I've been in touch with Erin. I have left her a message to set up um, counseling appointment, uh, coaching appointments coaching. with your team. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the other thing is, uh, you know, I have, um, since I was a child, I've had a, a diagnosis of ADHD and mm-hmm. it doesn't disrupt my life. I can live a successful adult life, but it, it makes things like this stressful situations that much more difficult for me to do what in my mind I know I should do to be helpful. Um, right. so those were, I was going to two homework assignments today. <laughs> okay. And that's good. Sounds like you've got uh, yourself headed in the right direction. So let me just ask a little bit more to make sure I understand. So you're, yeah. you're lying in the bed next to her. What are you doing yeah. that is causing her to withdraw from you? Are you trying to touch her in a way she doesn't want to be touched? Uh, yes. And, okay. and, you know, uh, you know, just kind of, I think that she wants to, to know that my changes have legs um, and she's uh-huh. not ready to kind of act like like everything's back to normal. I gotcha. It's awfully, awfully hard to lie in bed next to the woman you're in love with and not want to touch her, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. It's just difficult because, I mean, I love this woman, and she's lying right here, and, I, you know, I want to do things because I love her so much. If that's the case, my friend, then I think it might be wise that you do move down the hall. Now, not move out of the house and not stop having all this right. other interaction and communication you're having right. as those things are all good. As a matter of fact, the only thing that would be different is, you know, you both brush your teeth, you're ready to go to bed, you give a little peck on the cheek and you go two doors down. <laughs> Otherwise yeah. it's just like now, but, but she doesn't have to worry. Are you going to reach over and, and cuddle her or et cetera, et cetera, that she's not ready for right now. It makes sense to me. Now you always should do what you think is best, but you know what? Sounds to me like you're a man that's thinking these things through pretty well already. Is that right? Um, I'm doing the best that I can. I mean, I, I have, I think I have limitations on putting kind of what I know into practice. Um, we but, all do. You know, don't we all? Yeah. yeah. We all do. Every one of us does that. I guess, okay. I guess my fear, my fear with that is that, okay, if I'm not giving her the attention, then does that then make her think like, oh, okay, well, if, 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 if he's going in that direction, then, 
then she's going to spend more time with her with her friend. Okay, that's a good question. But it kind of boils down to this. If I know that if I do this behavior, it's going to irritate her, mm-hmm. then why would I keep doing that behavior? If I know if, right. and if I'm doing this behavior, at least I'm not irritating her. It seems like you make a step in the right direction. You're still going to do everything else just exactly like you do now. You're just not going to climb mm-hmm. into bed and lie down next to it, right? Yeah. Exactly. So you're still going to be there. You're still going to be loving and kind and, and listening to her when she talks and understanding her and all those kinds of things. Yep. You're just not going to be lying in the same bed with her so that she's not afraid you're going to reach over and do what husbands do. Uh, I don't right. see that that's going to be a problem. Now, I'm, I'm not a prophet, okay? So I cannot tell right, you the right. future. But it sounds like a good plan to me, my friend. I, I, it seems to me the better of the two choices. But, again, it's always your decision. Right. Uh, thank you for your feedback. I appreciate it. Okay, Seth, you take care of yourself, my friend. Okay. okay All righty. Oh, one more call. I'm in totally one more call. Our producer says, you can't quit now. Keep on going. Okay, let's see. Uh, all right, we're going to go to Jenny in Oklahoma. Hi, Jenny. How may we help you today? Hi there. I appreciate you guys so much, and I'm glad I came across you. Um, I'm going to try to condense this. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, My husband and I have been married for five years. Mm -hmm. Um, We started our relationship um, by me having an affair, um, uh, Mm -hmm. gosh, heavily involved in church, and I was very naive. (laughs) So um, left my husband. And Mm -hmm. it took a few years for me to really kind of see the true colors of the man I left my husband for. Um, Obviously, I love him intensely now. Uh, We have a four-year-old together, and Mm -hmm. uh, he was incarcerated for about two years, wrongfully incarcerated. And Mm -hmm. so he has just had a lot of life events in the the past two decades that have just made him incredibly bitter. This is the man you're married to now? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I just want to make sure. Just to make sure I got that right. Yeah. Okay. Right. <clears throat> so um, he is just a, a very guarded, bitter, angry man. Um, mm-hmm. I know he loves me, and he doesn't want me to leave. Um, mm-hmm. Since he's been home from prison about a year, nearly a year, it's just mm-hmm. been a downhill hill spiral. And so I mm-hmm. feel like I'm the only one making an effort, though he says he wants this to work, I'm seeing mm-hmm. no initiative. Um, it's just kind of, it's been very difficult. Uh, I, I just don't know how to, how to get through this hardened wall um, mm-hmm. when I'm not seeing him make an effort. So anyway, I was about to leave and we just found out that we are pregnant with a second baby. Oh. So uh, anyway, that obviously it's kind of changed. And yeah. kept me here. Yeah. Um, and it's been financially difficult. Uh, we've, I believe, we've spoken with Mark. Um, mm-hmm. My husband isn't aware of that, but I know we've just struggled to get on our feet since he's been home. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm not really sure how to go until it may be a while before we're able to invest. Are you talking about coming to the I, workshop? I believe. Are, are you talking about coming? Are you talking about coming yeah. to the workshop? Yeah, obviously that would be. I feel like it's it's urgent enough that 
something needs to happen because it's it's become very toxic and mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether to stay or leave with with the baby coming. So I believe it's effective. how far along um, how far along are you, my friend? Um, about three months. Okay, so pretty new. Yeah. yeah, it is still pretty new. And and you said how many children do you have together already? We have one together, but between together. us, this is the seventh boy. Yeah. Okay, the seventh <laughs> boy. Would your husband be willing yeah. to come to the workshop with you? Yeah, I do believe he would. Um, yeah, I I could be confident that he would. He'd be willing to do it. You know. And and uh, uh, and you want to come to the workshop, Jenny? Is that correct? Oh yeah, I've I have wanted to for for a while now, a few months. We're just okay. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you. When this program is over, I'm going to I'm, my this studio that we're in is just right down the hall from where Mark is. So I'm going to walk down and okay. talk to Mark and oh, see good. if there's anything we can figure out. We'll try to figure out something, okay? But I'll go down and talk to Mark and see oh, what we can gosh. do. Uh, I don't okay. usually, I'm not usually involved at that level, but uh, my heart goes sure. out to you, and I'll talk to Mark and see if somehow somehow we can work something out, okay? Wow. So you Thunder. want to, you want to make the, you want to make this marriage work, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And the child you have together and uh, this this little child is coming deserve to have a good happy yes. home. We've had people come yes. before in these similar situations, Jenny. I remember, for example, it just popped into my head uh, that one guy, the first thing he did when he got to town was went to the police station and checked in because he was on parole. And he said, okay, I'm, oh. I'm required to come tell you guys I'm here. And, and, uh, Wow. And that one actually worked out really well. That's just one I'm thinking of. Oh, wow. So we... Um, incredible. We we care. I'm going to talk to Mark. We're going to see what we can do for you, okay? Oh, you are and it's Jenny in Oklahoma. Thank you so much. Okay. Yes. Just tell me which city in Oklahoma so I can tell him who I've talked to. Which city okay. in Oklahoma are you in? Uh, Tahlequah. Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Tahlequah. Okay, I, I can remember you. that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll see what... We'll figure out what we can do, okay, my oh, friend? Oh, goodness. Thank you so much. Yeah, okay, I, Jean, I'm grateful. Okay, okay. You're very welcome. All right, take care. My heart goes out to her. Remember that if you, by midnight tonight, decide you want to get into the online Save My Marriage course, there's some kind of a special deal going on. And uh, right here on our page somewhere, it's on Facebook. If you're on Facebook watching us there, you can actually see the link, and you can click that link to go find out what that is. Uh, I would tell you, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> Just before we went on the air, they said there's a special thing through midnight tonight. I don't even know what it is. If you are listening totally by Block Talk and you therefore don't have a ability to see the page, then type it B-I-T, like the word bit, B-I-T dot L-Y, like bitly, slash S-M-M, all the capital letters, S-M-M, and then in small letters, open. So it would be S-M-M, open, one word, SMM capital letters, open and small letters. You've heard on the program already, some people mention our YouTube videos. Go to YouTube slash Marriage Helper. Is that right, Jesse? Am I saying that right? YouTube slash Marriage Helper. And we've got videos and all kinds. I'm sorry, say it again? YouTube.com slash YouTube.com slash Marriage Helper. Thank you. Jesse's our producer. He has to keep me direct to uh, straighten out on a lot of things. We care. You can call us at the number uh, that you have seen on your screen. You can contact us through MarriageHelper.com. We would love to help you in any way we can. Until next Monday, this is Dr. Joe Beam saying, have a great life.